next time on Preferring Doc Radio, we have Joan Hogan, Dr. Rickholm, live in studio. Good morning and welcome. Good Good morning. morning. It's really good to be here. As Bob said, um, we're here ready to do the Prairie Doc Radio program. Rick Holm is our Prairie Doc. He's here and he's going to answer any questions that you might want to call in with a medical nature. Dr. Holm's specialty is internal medicine. He's worked with the Avira Medical Group Brookings. He's served as a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota's Sanford School of Medicine, and he's ready to answer oh. all your questions. How are you doing, Dr. Holm? I'm doing great. Well, good. Yeah, I, it is uh, Wednesday. Tomorrow is Thursday, and uh, tomorrow night we're going to have a live show on um, South Dakota Public Broadcasting Dr. T- television James show, McGran, 7 o'clock right? with Dr. McGran. We're going right. to talk about dermatology. I watched the last week's program. It was fascinating. One of your more lively and interesting conversations, Dr. Vance Thompson in studio. You know, I think eyes are probably one of the most misunderstood organelles of your body, and he was spoke was, with great authority and was incredibly interesting. Oh, he, it was it interesting. Too. And you kept him on the straight and narrow, too, oh, I yeah. must say. <laughs> he's just, he's such a fine doctor and a fine person, and it really comes across when you watch that show. A good person. He was really a, good. A good educator. As a matter of fact, I called and made an appointment with him. Oh, is that right? Well, <laughs> I knew. My eye doctor here said well, last winter, well, you're ready for cataracts? No! I mean, for cataract surgery. I said, ah, I just got a new knee, and I broke my wrist, and you want me to see another doctor? Go away. He yeah. said, it's okay, Joan. You can do it sometime soon. <laughs> So after I cooled off and waited a few months, I thought, it's time. So I called back, and he said, just call down to Vance Thompson. He'll take care of you. So uh, Ken Knutson sent you to Dr. Thompson? No, I don't see Ken Knutson. I I saw saw Ken Knutson. He took out my cataracts. So oh, I he just, did. I'll just yeah. add those. Yeah. Uh, well, he it, does a wonderful job. In town job. or out of town. But Vance Thompson did a, does a wonderful job as both well. Both doctors. And I have friends who have gone to both doctors, and they like them both. I guess I just went to the one my doctor recommended. Oh, yeah. So, But they're, I'm sure um, both doctors are just excellent. Yeah. But we did enjoy that TV show last that week. That was a fun uh, little romp, you know. And yeah. then, um, of course, uh, he is just this unbelievable guy who is so magnanimous, you know, and just so caring. And, uh, you know, it just it's that way all the time. And it was that way on on the screen, too. And I'm sure tomorrow night will be just as interesting. People um, often der- dermatologists are about the last ones you think to go. Even though you may have a real need for a dermatologist, people tend to put it off, don't they? Do you know uh, that, Dr. Holm, uh, with well, your patient you know, my, my experience with dermatology is they don't go to the dermatologist for preventive work or for anything until they itch or until they hurt or there is a rash that nobody else can fix. And then they go to the dermatologist. And, of course, the dermatologist has a three-month wait. And you, <laughs> when you need that dermatologist, you need her or him right now, you know. Well, McGran has, has been a dear friend of mine for so many years. And was my college uh, buddy. And uh, uh, so he is in a retirement phase uh, right now. And this will probably be his last time to be on our show. Because, you know, after you retire, you you know, you lose your quote-unquote um, uh, expertise. Or at least your credibility for expertise. So 
uh, I'm in a semi-retirement point, and I don't have to have any credibility, actually. All I need to do is ask <laughs> questions at this ah. point. So I, <laughs> Oh, I think you can answer them pretty well, too. But you still keep your finger in it, so you, you know, well, you're I'm, not exactly. I'm still practicing, yeah. no question, yeah, but, no but question about you know, it. in a more limited manner. Well, this practicing doctor would like to answer any questions you might have. Why don't we take our first break? Yeah, we would like your questions. We would love to hear from you. We'll be back right after these words. Hi, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're happy to have you listening today. I'm Joan Hogan. With me in studio is Dr. Rick Holm, uh, internal medicine physician, and he would be glad to answer any questions you might have. We haven't had questions come in yet, but Dr. Holm had asked me, to look at um, a couple of things that's coming up in the legislature. Well, so pulled some, it up. Right. So there are some initiated measures that are medically oriented that are coming up. And now there's a time to talk to them, not talk to a, about them, not January. And I have to tell you, they may not all have gotten all the votes that, or all the signatures they need. So these are possible measures. We're not certain that they'll be on the ballot. Right. So, I, so I'm just going to run through them, the five right. initiated measures that I think are pertinent to uh, med- medicine. Okay? okay. One is initiated measure authorizing a South Dakota licensed physician to prescribe drugs that a terminally ill patient may take for the purpose of ending life. So, in other words, a physician-assisted suicide. And my personal, I'll just give you my personal bias on each of them quickly, and then we can debate if you call in questions. We're not going to go into it unless you call in questions. But <clears throat> my personal bias is I'm, I think it's a slippery slope, and I'm not in favor of physician-assisted suicide. Uh, um, but, I, but there's caveats and all sorts of opinions that I have there, but my answer on that one was no. A uh, second one is an initiated measure to legalize certain amounts of marijuana, drugs made from marijuana, and drug paraphernalia, and to regulate and tax marijuana establishments. I have a question mark there. Uh, third one is an initiated measure to legalize marijuana for medical use. I have a question uh, there. I personally believe uh, that uh, it's about the same as alcohol, and we speak uh, uh, negatively about marijuana and accept and, in fact, promote the crap out of alcohol. My personal bias is we should legalize marijuana. And, and you know, if you disagree with that, uh, let's hear a question. Call in. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'm ready to talk about it, but I'm not going to talk about it unless somebody calls in. Third one is an estab- to an act to establish a prescription drug pricing law enabling citizens of the state of South Dakota to pay the same price for prescription drugs as the prices paid by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs. Well, I think there's a lot that should and could be done regarding uh, prescription drug pricing. I don't know the, the right answer. Uh, maybe this is a good good answer. Um, so there's my a question mark on that one. And the last one is open primaries. Uh, there is an initiation uh, f- uh, for allowing all voters uh, to be able to vote in a primary. Right now, the only people who can vote in a primary are those registered as a Democrat or Republican. It is paid for by all of the people in the, in the country. Now, wait a minute, that's one thing that I don't think most people know, that the primaries are are really paid for by our taxes. We pay for the primaries. We pay for the primaries. The Republican or the Democratic Party are not paying for those primaries, right? Correct. So they should be open to all of us. It should be open for everybody. (laughs) And what's more, what happens is that the way it is, it polarizes the candidates who are running. Uh, If you had an open primary, it would bring people more toward the center. 
it would allow uh, candidates who are centrists to be able to have a decent chance. Right now, you've got to be an absolute conservative if you're going to run for the Republican office, or you've got to be an absolute uh, liberal if you're going to run for the uh, Democrat. And my personal bias is what we really need in government is a whole lot more middle of the road. That's what I call myself, a flaming middle of the roader. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> I am very much in favor of open primaries, allowing everybody, including the independents, to vote and that you can vote on either side of the ticket as so well. So an open primary, if this law, if this amendment came about, it'd be an amendment to our Constitution, I'm sure, and what it would do is allow... Everybody it doesn't matter vote. if I'm even registered independent. It doesn't matter. There will be four names up there for senator. And I don't... They, will they say if they're Republican or Democrat? They can. I think that... I, I think they will. Yeah. But the answer but is it you doesn't can still matter. vote for... So you all. could vote uh, if you're independent. You could vote for Republican or a Democrat. Right. The problem with this is in some states like ours, we're considered a red state. We are Republican through and through. Will you destroy the Democratic Party? Because everyone, will, the majority, will just vote for Republicans. Are you I concerned about that? No. Because uh, <laughs> I think people should vote, should be able to vote. A lot of uh, voting is occurs. Um, the, a lot of the elections are won or lost in the primary. And if you get a third of the people who are registered independent can't vote in the primary, well, what the heck is that? That's wrong. Let people vote. The right will come out. Because um, in the regular election, you don't. Ha it doesn't matter if you're registered independent; you can just vote, right, or not. Right. I can't recall the final vote. Primary. You can vote, the final you can vote. Yes. You can vote not either Republican voted for or Democrat. Years, you can vote in the final. Yeah, so this primary final. thing has the been manipulated by the po politicians. I think it's a wrong thing. Uh, we need to have an open primary, and I feel pretty doggone strong about it. And it's important for people to realize that public funds pay for the primary. They're not a private thing. Right. Your money is paying for this primary. Um, it'll be interesting if people call in on their comments on this. Some people, uh, I, I have mixed feelings. I think it's a good thing. I really do. I've actually gone in and changed my registration to vote for a particular person and then change right back after the primary, which is kind of, uh, what would you call that? <laughs> Lame, whatever. But yeah. I felt that strongly that I wanted to vote for someone and I couldn't vote for him. So I just changed, voted for him, and then, and then changed, changed back. back. Yeah, it, it shouldn't gonna, have to do that. Usually people don't yeah. do that, and, and you shouldn't have to do that. You shouldn't Absolutely have to. right, Joe. Right, right. Okay. So anyway, I'm, my personal bias is that the, there is a power in the intellect of the masses. You know, the old story where they, um, a scientist in the 1700s in England thought that, of course, the elite were the people who should be voting and that the f farmers and or the, the people ones who, who don't haven't know. been to the university right. or the people who haven't been educated are, um, are, should be not involved, shouldn't have the right to vote because they don't know what's going on. I know what's going on because I've been educated, right? But he was, worth, he was interested in studying it. So he went to a... Um, one of these farmer fairs that live out in the in rural Britain, and uh, saw that they were uh, raffling off a, a, a bison, or not a bison, but a, a water buffalo, or or some kind of an ox, an ox, actually, and so everybody 
had to guess what the weight of the ox was. All right. And they all threw in their their uh, their, their guess. guesses. And the ge- of course, uh, the guesses were way low and way high. But if you um, uh, if you go through it, they finally found one that was two or three pounds close to the actual, actual. weight of the ox. And the guy said, "I want to have you're going to throw those those guesses away. Let me let me just take them." So he took them and he averaged all of the weights that were guessed, and it came exactly the weight of the oxen. And uh, uh, this this has been done several times. Uh, in different manners, as far as the number of gumballs that are in the the container. So the average the, almost always comes out to be correct. So the the wisdom of the group yeah. is something. Now, one can argue, oh, I've got examples of the stupidity of the group and so on and so forth. But what I have to say is you have to respect the wisdom of a large group. Uh, and, um, you know, one can argue... Uh, swings this way and that way in politics and so forth it's not it's not the group if you can't vote in the primaries right uh it's not um and when the group uh votes and the public vote doesn't win but it's the it's the um what is it called the system that we have in the u.s it's it's the um, electoral the electoral the college, college that wins and that screws it up uh, but but the long and the short of it is there is wisdom to the people. Uh, and so I'm in favor of encouraging honest voting as a true monitor of, of who should be leading our country. And I think that gerrymandering, which is where you, you manipulate who gets to vote in this particular area or who gets to vote in that particular county or this, you know, whatever, is another... Uh, uh, it's abhorrent. It's I abhorrent. just don't like it, gerrymandering. Let it just be what it is. Let the group vote and... The one thing I found interesting about this um, constitutional amendment, it states that um, the candidates for the office of governor, legislature, all county elective offices... In United States Senate and House of Representatives shall be open. What about President and Vice President? Can't change that, can we? Because that's a national office. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think we can get there. But at least the House, the Senate, and all other offices will be open primary. You can put uh, after your name if you're Democrat, Republican, or Independent. But basically, you vote for whoever you want in the top one. Right. The top two then go to the regular election. Right. That's it. So if right. you're voting for, let's say, House of Representatives, you could have actually two Republicans chosen to run for House, and then they would run against each other. Right. You wouldn't always have a Democrat and Republican. Right. And, uh, and, and it would allow, actually, the primary would be uh, uh, enhanced. It would make the primary a better thing. I, I know that, you argue that there might be a Democrat person who would be against this, because maybe the Republicans one year would be benefited or something. I just think, let the people vote. Let the people vote. Let the truth come out. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, you know, it, one could argue we're, talk, we're not talking medical. We're talking politics. And I don't like to talk politics. I mean, I'm, I'm not a knowledgeable guy there. I just want, would say that there is science uh, about letting people vote uh, where truth can come out. Now, let, let's go back to the other issues. 
We'll talk about them if you want to. Okay. Call and the other thing questions. is with open primary, uh, over half or almost half of the states do have a form of open primary. Right. Did you know that? Yeah. I didn't know that. Almost so, half I mean, other them. states have it. We just yeah, don't. We, it wouldn't be original on our part. It's happening. No. Well, we're going to take a break. If you want to talk about any of the Let's, other initiated measures. Yeah. What questions? Dermatology. Dermatology. Right. That will be tomorrow night on South Dakota Public Television and today, right but, now, right after these words. Hey, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Joan Hogan here with Dr. Rick Holm, and we just discussed open primaries in South Dakota. Ooh. Wow. That's an interesting thing. Actually, um, I have a friend in Sioux Falls who contacted me and said, help lead the charge on this particular topic. And I said, I don't want a politician. But I will discuss it on the, on the radio if it's appropriate. And you know what? T- talking about political issues, particularly... Um, the, the initiated measures that we discussed are medically oriented. Uh, I do want to talk about uh, dermatology, though, and start with some dermatologic issues. Before we get there, we okay. had a caller that came in with a question totally sure. unrelated to all of this. The okay. caller would like to know, uh, I don't know if it's man or woman, has continuous ringing in her ear, what should she do or he do? Okay. Well, join the club. <laughs> okay, so I speak from uh, experience. Uh, after um, six rounds of cisplatin, which is a heavy metal chemotherapy that I took along with 5-FU and um, uh, another third drug, um, uh, six doses of chemotherapy every other week for a period of several months, um, I've, I've developed neuropathies associated with the chemo, and it's a common deal. And, and uh, that particular chemo will make irreversible uh, neuropathies. Uh, and, and when you think neuropathy, you have to think all nerve tissue. So a perfect example is people who get peripheral neuropathy. Peripheral meaning in the outer edge of your circle, okay? So peripheral neuropathy is my feet. The bottom of my feet are numb. And my hands are a little tingly. And I get ringing in my ears. Well, that's, is that peripheral? No, that's central, right? That's the brain. Well, all nerve tissue is all nerve tissue. It acts the same and it just carries the message and it transfers information. People get ringing in their ears when they haven't had chemo, but they will certainly have it after heavy metal poisoning uh, that uh, sometimes is done on purpose uh, for chemo. And uh, the classic uh, ringing is just this, you know, you just hear this one note that is ringing, uh, particularly when it gets really quiet. When you lay down at night, you hear the ringing. and what, do you, what does it really mean? It means there's some loss of nerve function. Uh, and so uh, and the nerve function is that which um, that works the, the ear uh, and receives the message from, the hear, from hearing. Uh, what is the most common cause of the loss of nerve function? Number one, family history. Number two, just plain aging. Number three, toxin exposure. Number four, too much noise. Uh, and all those things uh, in combination or separately can, can cause the ringing. Uh, what can you do? 
Uh, you can stop getting, get, having the toxins. Well, most of us have uh, said no more cisplatin for me or no, no more, more what? whatever it is. Oh, it was cisplatin is the chemotherapy. Oh, chemotherapy. It's a derivation of platinum, which is a heavy metal. Right. Lead poisoning will do the same. Uh, but uh, so putting it, it all uh, aside, what do you do about it? And one of the things is you can say, well, when you get old enough, almost everybody has it. Some people make a fuss about it because it, um, it, it's worrisome. I hear this ringing. I don't, I don't understand it. It didn't have it when I was younger. It's driving me batty. And the other guy says, I just have it. Forget about it. Roll over. Think about your book you were reading or uh, relax all the parts of your body and let yourself go and uh, go to sleep. I got to throw in an answer, though. Oh. I got ringing in my ears. It started about two years ago. Oh, and really? I would get it yeah, when coming down an airplane. Yeah. At one point, I just, the airplane, you know, we landed. And I said, Ed, are they ever going to turn that engine off? He said, what engine? It's off. <laughs> I said, it's driving me crazy. It's so loud. It was like a plane engine in my ear. That's painful. I mean, yes. it's nothing like, oh, I can let it go. I couldn't let it go. It was driving me nuts. Yeah. And eventually it would go away. So finally, after a few episodes of this, I went to um, an ear specialist, and he checked my hearing, and he said a lot of times if people use hearing aids, it helps with the ringing in the ears. It seems to reduce it. But he said, I could not give you hearing aids, Joan. Your hearing is so good, it'd be embarrassing to to give those to you. So just go. I want you to go to one ear specialist I want to make sure there's nothing medically wrong with you. So I went to the ear specialist. He tested it. He said, it's not a medical condition. He said, people have this. And he said, there is not a cure that I know of for ringing in the ears. However, there's anecdotal evidence that this one over-the-counter med helps about 40% of the people. I said, I'll go in the 40. And he said, well, it's over-the-counter. I'm not making any money on it. You can get it if you want. And uh, I went into Lewis Drug, and the woman said, I know exactly where it is. My husband uh, has ringing in his ears. It made all the difference in the world for him. I have used it, and it has been what amazing. What is the name of it? I think it's lipoflavin. I was t- lipoflavin, F-L-A-V-I-N, lipoflavin Levo. something. Levo. Levoflavin. Levoflavin, I don't know. But, it but just it's not zinc, because the, the concern I have is that sometimes zinc does Oh, all right. Things. Well, you've heard of this then. This over the counter. I haven't thing. heard of levoflavin, but you know, so yeah. it's worth. So worth a I shot. mean, and I've suggested it to someone else, and they say, "Well, I'm glad you hit the forty percent. It did nothing for me." Yeah, <laughs> and I said, "You know what? I'm just thrilled to be uh, in that forty percent that may be help." I will say. So that I'm not going to say it's going to help everyone. No. And no. I would answer that it may have helped you because time went by and it went away on its own, and it wasn't the levoflavin. And I think there's a variability that occurs with it too. And I don't have any scientific data to suggest that levoflavin helps. But I don't have it any sure scientific. It sure wouldn't hurt. I mean, it's relatively well, inexpensive, right? No, it's expensive. Oh. It's like $28 for a bottle that oh, lasts really? about a month. I'm telling you, if you had ringing in your ears and it worked, you would keep taking it. Oh. 
I know you don't it like this over-the-counter stuff. You can stop it, and it may not I come, tried that once. It may not come it back. It didn't work. Okay. came back. The ringing came yeah, back. Yeah, I really do believe in this stuff. Okay. But, again, it's not going to hit everyone, and I know I don't have a scientific background. We need Dr. Holmes' science on this. But and, and my answer is, eh, eh he doesn't uh, think a lot of it. But, you know, if you don't know, just ask it a Lewis drug. They'll tell you. Okay. <laughs> okay. We should take our final break. My non-scientific answers are done for the day. Okay. We'll take a break. <laughs> it was and we'll worth a share. Good morning. We're back. Prairie Doc Radio 956. During the break, we were talking about all things dermatological, and Dr. Holm wanted me to ask this question. Um, I have a question about Retin-A. I know that uh, one of my family members a few years ago was prescribed this. and uh, for, for acne. Right. And it seemed as though it really, really did a great job of drying up your skin. But you were talking during the break about how it can also help pre-cancer or, or uh, cancer of the skin somehow. So... There is uh, two drugs that I think of. One is 5-FU, which is one of the chemotherapy drugs that I used. Uh, that comes uh, in, a, in a topical effudex uh, form. And then a milder version, sort of, of effudex, 5-FU, anti-cancer, uh, is retin-A or tretinoin. And um, it, it will be... Uh, uh, it can be used for people who have rosacea, where their nose turns red and there's all sorts of pimples. Uh, it's used for ch- uh, younger people for acne, older acne, which is um, rosacea. Um, but when they were using it for rosacea, they also noted that all these little splotches of precancer that's kind of dry, scaly spots in a person who's very pale and who's been out in the sun too much, those clear up. So people started using a lot of it, and oh, Wrinkles diminished, <laughs> and so uh, I have to say that I, as as years go by, caring for many uh, and mostly older uh, women who wouldn't like to have all those wrinkles, and they're light complected, and they have wrinkles because they are silver light complected, as opposed to people who are darker. Uh, I prescribe tretinoin for them, the 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 um, the retin A, and the wrinkles got better. And uh, if I wrote in the chart uh, treating wrinkles with uh, tretinoin, uh, which is a prescription drug, the pha- the pharmace- the um, the insurance company wouldn't cover it, but they would cover it for rosacea. So I have I have a lot of uh, older ladies that have rosacea. Rosacea, it's mm-hmm. amazing. It's How amazing the amount of rosacea yeah. they get. So so that but it's a, it's an anti wrinkle thing. Um, there is a, a medicine that uh, in the on the internet it will show that wrinkles absolutely disappear right before your very eyes, but it only lasts about an hour and a half or two. <laughs> and you don't know what harm it's doing because it's drawing edema into the bags or under the, uh, oh. into the swelling around the so eye. So it works for a little while. It's That's a it. bad idea. Yeah. Well, Retin-A, when you often talk about meds, you say there is side effects. What are the side effects of Retin-A? It dries your skin. Oh, and Which that's isn't about a bad it, really. side effect. No, no. Oh. And so uh, my personal bias is when you've got a good medicine, uh, why not tout it? Well, we got one minute left, Joan. I we mean, do. it's probably... I Don't miss the show tomorrow night. It, it's going to be Jim McGrath, who's one of my f- absolute favorite teachers. He's a wonderful teacher. He's retiring and won't be on the show again. This is his last hurrah. And by golly, I just, I mean, I just love him great person and it's he's kind of in that same Vance Thompson kind of guy 
Well, last week's was great, and this week's will be just as good. Thursday night, South Dakota Public Television. Today, we hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program, and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. As always, you can hear and see more from Dr. Holm online at prairiedoc.org. Thanks, Rick. That's all until next week. Thank you, John. Thank you, Bob. And stay healthy out there.